Welcome to the Fetish School, where naughty is nice. This podcast is designed for anyone new to the lifestyle, curious, or is just seeking ideas to explore. This show includes explicit sexual references suitable for mature audiences over the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. Here at the Fetish School, we hope to demystify, normalize, and enhance the exploration of the world of kink, fetishes, and BDSM. Today's episode will highlight humiliation play. So please take notes, keep an open mind, and most importantly, have fun. Classes in session. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fetish School. I am your hostess, Mistress D. Today, we will explore humiliation play. But before getting into that, you may wonder, how in the world can a form of play involve humiliation? Well, it refers to the consensual sexual demeaning or humiliation of one partner by another partner. It's a form of sadism and masochism, just depending on the roles that are being um, played during that play time. And it can take place between kinksters in the lifestyle as well as vanilla couples. This episode will reveal types of humiliation and examples of degradation. You'll understand the difference between healthy play and abuse and we'll present ways for you to safely enjoy humiliation play. But before we get into it, allow me to share a non-fictional story of a vanilla man who was asked, why would you choose to perform degrading acts on an ex-lover who is also vanilla? This episode was inspired by this story because it shares the dark and I'll help you see the light in this story, which is an interesting form of humiliation play. The identities of these parties are concealed for their privacy. Buckle your seatbelt, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a great episode. My decision to humiliate my ex-lover is the result of her verbal and emotional abuse toward me. She'd given me two beautiful baby girls, but I still felt powerless in that relationship. Enthralled by a vixen and a beast of a woman, completely different from my ex, I decided to end that union and move on. My new woman and hopeful wife was more than any man could ask for, but envy ran deep for my ex as she was no comparison. My ex began to throw herself onto me. Each time we'd meet so that I could spend time with my girls, her advances became more and more intense. She knew exactly how to appeal to my urges through drugs, sexual favors, you name it. My need to feel powerful and accepted by her overrode my loyalty to my new woman, my new life, and my new commitment. It was the only time I felt in control, powerful. I felt worthy. 
whenever I was with this ex-lover, I succumbed. To watch the woman who saw me as nothing and told me that frequently, she showed me that I was of no value to her by giving her body to many. So groveling on her knees as she gagged my entire phallus into the depths of her throat, this gave me a rush unlike I've never felt. I couldn't resist grabbing her hair, slamming her face into my body. The sounds of saliva pooling in her mouth as I denied her every other breath. It pumped fire into my veins. She allowed me to take her body in ways that I'd never been able to do before. Perhaps I blacked out. I mean, the urge, the anger, the intensity of my every move was controlled by something feels like other than myself. She would pay for all the hurtful things she said to me. She would now literally eat her words. Yet I remain unsatisfied. I found myself unable to function without evaluating what I'd done the next day. I mean, each time I encountered rejection or anger, frustration or hurt, this mental space is where I desire to be. I had to be there. It's the only thing that made me feel better. With her, my nothing of an ex, I would tell her, yeah, we can be together. Um, yeah, let's let's work on us. Let's work on this family. I have no problem leaving my current relationship. I said these things to keep her hopeful, keep her begging. I mean, I had no intentions, but I needed her to stay wanting, stay groveling, stay salivating over what you could never have. Just so I can keep getting what I need. I didn't want her. But again, I said what was necessary. She had nothing to offer me except the freedom to come in, use her, and leave. And so I did. I lost it all. But at the same time, even after losing it all, my future, my future wife, I still had to go back. The rejection, the hurt, it's a vicious cycle. But it seems like the only time I can catch my breath is in those moments of humiliation, sexual intensity. I felt my best self. What a story, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, very dark. Um, but the point of that story 
is to share with you exactly what not to do. Let's be clear. That was a story about abuse. Like it, it almost makes me think of, and I'm so sorry, Fifty Shades. It's totally, yeah, like it sounds provocative because there's a sexual element there. But this, this is abusive, ladies and gentlemen. So a couple of things I want to point out about that story. One, aside from the fact that it is abuse because things were done and said without full consent of of other parties involved. So we all know that is the number one thing whenever it comes to kink or play or fetishes, consent, safety first. And that didn't happen. So that's exactly what you should not do. Number two, do not mislead or lie to a partner, ex-partner, stranger, just be authentic. Like this lifestyle is about accepting you where you are and wanting you to be your healthiest self, safe, you know? And so if you have to tell someone something to get them to do something for you, that is manipulation. We don't manipulate people. You don't you manipulate their emotions, their circumstances, their finances, that is a hard no. So don't lie. Don't mislead anyone. And so, yeah, the guy in the story, that's exactly what he did. And that's what we should not do. There is no room for um, dishonesty or lack of integrity in the world of kink or BDSM or hell, the vanilla life as well, right? Number three, do not act with the intent to hurt. Care is first. The goal in any type of play or fetish is pleasure. So why would you go into it to hurt someone? Well, you can say, well, Mistress D, you know, they weren't playing. Well, there were play aspects. And again, it's 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 surrounding humiliation. So if you see or sense any of these things within your play, using this story as an example, don't do it. We care for our partners regardless of your role. Care is priority. And that's the whole person, their emotional health, physical health, especially if there are other lives involved. Do not act with the intent to hurt. Number four, I believe, just fucking respect your partner. You know what I mean? Like respect for boundaries, respect for their needs goes a long way. So if you could just just act on respect in general, respect yourself. Um, you know, I, I always think about this and I, I think I pull this from the sex expert, uh, Nikki Hodgson, but play should not fetishes should not kink bdsm should not disrupt your lifestyle if it's causing you distress it's causing you to be dishonest with yourself or anyone around you seek professional help kink is about freedom this lifestyle is about liberation so if you are causing a disruption to your life where you're losing things or people or relationships you're not respecting yourself or other people you're hurting people or you're just not being authentic and being misleading and manipulative don't do it these are all the wrong things to do so let this story pretty much be 
an example of what not to do. This is this is abuse. This is not what you do. Humiliation play is the entire opposite. So while some of the actions that were displayed in the story, such as um, fellatio and hair pulling and and dirty talk, you know, well, not dirty talk, but insults. Oh, my God. All a part of humiliation play. The only difference is all parties have consented to it. No one is being intentionally hurt. There's aftercare that happens after and no one's lives are being disrupted. So with that being said, what exactly is humiliation play? The goal of sexual degradation um, is to bring about intense feelings of capitulation or surrender the i would say the dominant person in that scenario they have a desire to embarrass or humiliate um their submissive because it pleases them and in some relationships the submissive the person who's receiving the humiliation their primary you know, existence and pleasure is to please the dom. So if humiliating me pleases you, please humiliate me is how some of those submissives feel. Um, There's an intense feeling of authority. Um, I would assume that a dominant feels when they are executing some of these humiliating acts or delivering the degradation. So going back to the story, I would say that the vanilla man in the story, he enjoyed being uh, degrading to the ex-lover because she received it well. It was in those moments, it could have very well been a reward to her. And so in that case, they both enjoyed it. That that's the good part about it is when you can get in that moment and enjoy it. And so you you would say that that person, the ex-lover, um, you know, can be seen as weak or victim. And that is quite the opposite. The, you, most of the times these are very strong, intelligent um people. And because they are powerful in other areas of their lives, sometimes it's it's rewarding to let go and allow someone to use you in a way that they want because it doesn't matter. It all feels very, very good to you. Now for the dominant, it gives them a sense of power in the play realm and also in the vanilla world. It, it can give them a sense of power And again, that's an adrenaline rush for them as well. But it makes them feel in control. It makes them feel valued. You feel important. You're calling those shots. And to see, even with, you know, contrary behavior, you know, insults or hair pulling, things of that nature, that submissive or that receiving partner enjoys every bit of it primarily because it only happens inside of the play the play space the play realm now these things are happening outside of play we'll get more into that but that can very well be abuse again we'll talk more about that 
So again, humiliation play is is intended to be fruitful or pleasurable for both parties, whether you are giving out the humiliation and you can see your words manifest in the face of your submissive partner, or it could be pleasurable for you as the receiving partner or the submissive to watch your dom be in control and watch them take authority over you. So it's it's very pleasurable. Now, verbal degradation can be in many forms. So let's talk about the types of humiliation and reference them with the story as well. Now, verbal degradation can take forms of insults, insults to your body parts, belittlement, um, mockery of your feelings, name calling, all of those, anything that could be said to where it, it generates feelings of lowliness or again, just insults. That is anything that can be said. That's going to be your verbal degradation. Now, physical, um, that can range from anywhere from bondage. It could be spitting. It could be slapping, hair pulling in the case of this story. Spanking is another common way um, for someone to experience physical degradation. Even on the uh, other end of the scale, it can go as far as ejaculating on your partner urinating on your partner all of these are forms of degradation and humiliation and again I like to stress that even as you picture that in your mind the person in the submissive role or on the receiving end they this is pleasure to them now one main part about this is these converse there are conversations that happen prior to any of this because there's a very thin line um because think about it all it takes is one wrong word one wrong move and it could totally you know in or take a turn it could pivot your entire play experience so with any type of play, there's always an extensive conversation that happens prior to, because again, as a dom, we want to carry out, it's almost like being a perfectionist. We want to carry out this perfectly executed scene, seamlessly, without error, without anything opposite of pleasure. So because doms feel that way, we want all the details we want to know so that we can bring to life that pleasurable experience for the dom and the submissive. Now, the types of humiliation. Public, very, very, very common when we're talking about humiliation play. Think about it. It's public. There's strangers. There's an audience. It could be family. It could be friends. Either way, embarrassment is the key there for most humiliation play. So the dom could ask the submissive to perform degrading acts, um, to wear certain clothing, whether seen or underneath the clothing, um, such as a cock ring or um, chastity, anything of that nature. It could be any fetish item. It could be in your 
actions, you could be forbidden to speak in social settings or do not make eye contact. You could be handcuffed, <laughs> for goodness sake, in, in public places. You could be commanded to do things that only you and your dom are aware of, such as, you know, sitting at dinner and do not make eye contact with me, the server or anyone. And please remove your underwear. That could be a form of public embarrassment or degrading um, because, again, sometimes these things are done openly but there are times some of this is done secretly. Physical humiliation. Again, rough sex, spitting, hair pulling, spanking, scratching, you name it. Impact play is is a lot is seen a lot here. It's very common when it comes to physical humiliation. This could be a puppy mask. This could be um, a leather or latex mask with a zipper. It could be a collar. It could be being placed on a leash and being walked around, um, whether in a dungeon or, you know, in your home. These are physical ways to um, display humiliation. And again, you know, using bodily fluids um, are common ways where a person can be degraded and feel that embarrassment and that humiliation. A very interesting form of humiliation here is penis humiliation. Uh, this was very interesting to me because when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, I can see how someone could be humiliated. You know, you have a small penis. Well, that's part of it. Regardless of the size of the penis, there is a unique group of people who enjoy this male fetish where men get turned on when their partners belittle the size of their penis. Now, I did find out that most people who are interested in this form of humiliation actually have average to large size penises. But there is something about hearing their partner talk about how small and insignificant it is and how it it's a, a piece of shit because it doesn't please anybody that totally turns some men on so there's a good number of them and that penis humiliation um i can almost see myself being giddy or laughing about it because it's it's almost laughable and that laughter is also a form of humiliation. So you couple that with penis insults, he's going to be pleased by that. So that is nothing abnormal. It is just very interesting. But yes, penis humiliation is a thing. And then lastly, again, verbal insults, that name calling, those insults, I even like making you repeat degrading mantras. There are a lot of doms who will have you repeat after me. I am nothing. I am a piece of shit. Like you name it, they will verbally agree. Repeat that degrading mantra or that insulting comment about themselves. And there is something inside of that submissive that maybe detaches 
from that comment because it's more about pleasing the dom than it is the truth in this statement. And again, keeping in mind, this is still play. This is still play. That is very key. That is why it's important to have the conversation prior to because some of the things that go on within humiliation play, we don't want you to take that personal. These are not true feelings. This is play. It is designed to create an experience so that you feel a way different than your vanilla life. And then once it's all said and done, we gradually through aftercare come back to our vanilla lifestyles and understand emotionally, physically, mentally that everything that happened inside this play session was exactly that, just play. So ladies and gentlemen, I'll pause right there and I want to take the next segment to come away from the darkness of it all and give you a little bit of light and share some ways that you can enjoy the humiliation play. Stay tuned. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk a little more about how to enjoy humiliation play. While some parts of this form of play don't seem as pleasurable to most. It is indeed for those who enjoy it extremely fun and pleasurable. So let's talk about it. Where can you enjoy humiliation play? Well, again, publicly, public places, restaurants. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend dinner with the family because you'd have to maybe explain why certain things are happening and that it's just play. But I I would say my favorite would have to be a high-end restaurant where it's kind of quiet, volume's low. The ambiance is every bit of sexy, almost down to a, a candlelit style lighting. And just underneath the white tablecloths, you demand your partner to do something. This can be as simple as removing an article of clothing. This could be something as simple as not making eye contact or keeping eye contact. This could be something as simple as dip your finger in your Cabernet, running around the rim of the glass and I want you to put your entire finger into your mouth and you don't remove it until I say so. Anything that could definitely be a way to execute some humiliation play. Also in that same setting, public, even if it's not a restaurant, a dom could order their submissive to go to the bathroom and to please themselves specifically for 61 seconds. Order them to wash their hands and return to the table. You could do that two to three times. <laughs> 
And that's humiliation play for sure. In a very public place. This could be in a movie theater. I know we're post-pandemic, but I would assume some movie theaters may still be open. Um, But to be in a public place and to perform a certain act. Now, we want to be very careful. Again, safety first. Let's not do anything that would cause us to... Um, <laughs> maybe uh, make contact with law enforcement. So keep that in mind. While physical safety is a thing, we definitely want to be mindful of the audience, you know, being mindful if there are underage people present, which is why I, I enjoy the forms of humiliation play that are not super obvious to uh, anyone that's around. So Definitely take advantage of public places. Go to a bookstore and make them write you a naughty note and place it inside of a book and then, you know, take them on a scavenger hunt to discover exactly what book that is. And hey, if they don't find that note, uh, someone else will and it will probably make their day as well. But again, Public places are most common when it comes to humiliation play because of the embarrassment factor and the discretion one must use when executing some of the demands that may be asked during humiliation play. Now, another place, another location where you can enjoy humiliation play, of course, is private. Yeah, if you can't do it publicly, private will absolutely bring out the best in your humiliation play. Now, this is ideal for anyone going for more aggressive forms of degradation. Now, of course, you wouldn't do these things in public. So when we talk about the spitting, the hair pulling, the urinating, the spanking, the rough sex, this is where you want to do these things. And that is in the privacy of your own play space. You can incorporate furniture. You can incorporate toys. You can set the mood with music and candles, aromatherapy, and you can absolutely enjoy your leather fetish, lace fetish, role play, all of those things, as well as incorporate the humiliation play. It is so exciting. I feel that private locations are more ideal while public is common. Private's the way to go. You, you know, you can definitely do the things that you want to do that you and your partner have consented to in private. So you're thinking about humiliation play. Go easy. Start small. Start small at home with subtle commands during um, intimacy. Start small with light spanking. Dirty talk goes a long way in humiliation play. And I know we've all talked dirty a little bit. Even if that's too much, start with sexting. Text some dirty commands through text. If your partner's at work or away from you in another state, send them a message so dirty, so degrading, 
and tell them to send you a photo of their face when they're when they receive that message. Um, again, privacy is going to give you a world to play with when it comes to humiliation play. So definitely, if you're into it, if you don't know that you're into it, again, I always encourage everyone, if you're unsure of where you stand, BDSM test, that's T-E-S-T dot org. And you can take this a number of times. You don't have to take it once. It's not like your typical personality test. But as you discover aspects of yourself when it comes to kink, BDSM and play, you may want to go back and take that test and see where you rank when it comes to you know, slave, slave master, um, you know, a little, things of that nature. It will help you see where you rank. And if you are interested in humiliation play, you get your trusted partner and you have the discussion about every single detail, the where, the how, the nose, the hard nose, the safe word, and you slowly go into your humiliation play. You don't have to do everything right off the bat. Start small, talk about it post-play, and then go back into it and explore other parts of the humiliation play. I guarantee you, wherever you start on the spectrum, you will not be disappointed. So ladies and gentlemen, that is... Your humiliation play, that is how you can enjoy your humiliation play and having fun with it. I hope those were really good ideas. Now, I must before closing, I must say that if any of these humiliation or degradation acts occur outside of play, be mindful. We don't want to lead into abuse or um, find ourselves in a situation that's tough to get out of. So I, I, I can't give you the light without giving you the caution. So as you explore your humiliation play, keep in mind a couple signs of abuse. Now abuse, it's, it's the offensive treatment of, of yourself from someone else. Um, things that you don't welcome, things that you have not given consent to. And it's to the benefit of someone else. So if someone's, uh, you know, imposing their authority on you, um, you know, making an impact on your physical, emotional and verbal health without your consent, that could very well be abuse. And we want to be absolutely sensitive to that. So just a couple signs to look out for so that you can make sure you enjoy your humiliation play. If you find yourself you know, with a partner, you've vetted them, hopefully, and you you see that you feel, you don't feel um, good after the play. That could either mean you need more aftercare or it could, if it continues, it could definitely be, it could lead to abuse. So, if the play is happening, or excuse me, if the humiliation and the degradation is happening beyond your play space and you've shared with your partner that, you know, that only belongs in play, 
you need to seek some assistance with that. That is not a good relationship there because you want to respect the boundaries of your partner. So if your partner is not respecting your boundaries, you say no, they, you know, pay no mind to that. They are disrespecting you outside of the play space. If you express your needs or things that you don't like and it's met with um, a debate or an argument or it's dismissive to them, keep in mind that is abusive. Dom submissive switches anytime a partner expresses their needs, desires, even if you consented to something, you tried it out and you don't like it and you express it, it should always be met with understanding, compassion, and to fucking not do it again, right? Um, but if if they are playing devil's advocate, you know, they're contrarians about it all, you know, well, look on the bright side, you know, this is that, you know, and it pleases me. Well, play is not all about one person, it should not always be about the other person. It sh- you should not feel timid or hesitant to express your needs, especially if it's something that you don't like. So again, if this person um, is always debating whatever you bring up regarding humiliation play, um, they begin to manipulate your emotions outside of that that play space, fucking leave. That's not healthy. And even if you're not sure, grab a kinky friend, confide in them, see what their their thoughts are. We're community. You can do it anonymously. If you have no one you want to share this with, anonymously take your ass to FetLife.com and create your profile all anonymous and let the community share with you. Let the community support you. There are thousands of discussions forums where people share their experiences they get feedback they get support and sometimes that's exactly what you need again the objective here is to enjoy humiliation is a form of fantasy form of play and it is exactly that so if you are not enjoying it to some degree you are not having fun with it and it's not adding a benefit to your life then this is not something you should participate in. So I hope that you take that and you marinate on that, including all of the great things that come along with humiliation play, because it is very fun when done correctly. Um, Please, 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 as always, be safe when doing so. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And I hope this was very informative for you. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram at The Fetish School. I am happy to share my thoughts with you, offer you support, whatever it is that you need, because that's that's the only reason we're here. We're here to enjoy one another and have fun in this amazing very interesting world so thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen have fun with your humiliation play thank you again ladies and gentlemen for tuning in to today's episode here at the fetish school 
about humiliation play. Again, I hope you found it thought-provoking, a little entertaining with that story, right? And most of all, informative. Please follow us on Instagram at The Fetish School. And be sure to follow us and subscribe on Spotify if you have not. Now, before I let you go, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of homework. Who here knows what a St. Andrew's cross is? Yeah, St. Andrew's cross. Well, the St. Andrew's cross is a popular piece of dungeon furniture. If you've seen it, it's in the form of an X and it has restraints at the very top, sometimes the middle and at the bottom around the waist. This is a form of, uh, I would say, bondage. Again, you can restrain your partner on this wooden X. Sometimes it's made of leather. Sometimes it has padding. Um, we've got fancy ones out there. They've made St. Andrew's crosses into bondage wheels. So now this piece of furniture, it's pretty inexpensive to actually make. And again, it is one of the most popular types of dungeon furniture or BDSM furniture. So for your homework, share with your partner or within your kink community what you'd like done to you if you were on the St. Andrew's Cross. Be sure to share details with us. Again, follow us on Instagram. We would love to hear all the naughty things you would like have done to you on the St. Andrew's Cross. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Mistress D. It has been an absolute pleasure spending time with you today. Until next time, please, please stay safe, stay kinky, and stay tuned. Class dismissed.